Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 118. Welcome to the Secrets of Real Estate Investing Show, where you'll learn powerful strategies from top experts to take your investments to the next level. Here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. We have with us today a gentleman who is a tax sale expert, something that I know I would say nothing about other than what I've learned from the people that I've interviewed and my friends and peers who do this type of thing, but I have certainly not focused on it all. So I'm really excited to hear from an expert who's done it a ton and made lots of money and learns lots of lessons that he's going to share with us today. So with that, welcome to the show, Casey Denman. Holly, thank you so much for having me. I'm truly honored to be here. Thank you. Well, thanks for spending some time with us today. So why don't you give us a little bit of background about yourself and how you got into this? Sure, absolutely. So I have literally been a tax sale investor since probably two or three months out of high school. It's like it's one of the, the first things that I, I did and I've kind of stuck with it over the years. And uh, essentially what happened is I was going to a community college working for a property manager slash investor, learned a few things from him. I became a realtor, got my license started selling, um, or actually I tried to sell houses, but when you're 18 years old, there's not a whole lot of people that's gonna list their most valuable asset with you. So I started selling vacant lots, that kind of stuff. Work with a few investors that happen to be tax on investors. I said, if these guys can do it, I can do it. Long story short, I've been doing it for about 16 years now. Done it in uh, close to a dozen states, over a thousand transactions now, a thousand properties, and uh, done it literally everywhere. And uh, really just ever since that time, through the market's ups and downs and everything else, I've, stuck to it. I mean, I've made some changes, but uh, it's just a it's, a, it's a fun business. Very interesting, very fun. Cool. Well, why don't you tell us about your very first deal? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the first transactions or the first auction that I went to, it was a, uh, it was a, a lot in an area that I was investing, that I was brokering a lot in for these other investors. And what happened was I went to the auction. I had like, I don't remember the exact numbers, like 1,500, 2,000 bucks. It's a cheap property, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. I knew I could make a, a few dollars off of it. Um, just kind of entry level type stuff. So I went to this auction and I remember like I was shaking, my hands were sweating the whole, you know, the whole nine yards. I was so nervous. I was like this young 18 year old kid. I had a little suit and, or a little shirt and tie on, binder, everything ready to go. And I get there, I was so excited. And I had like 15 or 20 different properties in this one subdivision picked out. I kept bidding and I would get outbid. I kept getting, I'd get like every single time I would get outbid. And the very last property that I was interested in, I bid and I don't know what the exact number was, but I got outbid. I'm like, man, this is such a waste of time. Like I was so discouraged. Then there's a guy like, and I don't even know who it was to this day. There's a guy that said, just let the kid have it. And I'm like, okay. So nobody Aww. bid. So I got this property and like literally as corny as it might sound, the guy that said, just let the kid have it, like changed the trajectory of my life. So I got this property. I think I paid like, I don't know, two grand for it or something. Ended up selling it a few months later for five or six grand. Um, it wasn't a huge deal. But it was one of those things that really started, you know, I was so discouraged towards the end. It was a couple hours and it's sitting on a courthouse bench at this auction in the county. But I was so discouraged. The guy said, let the kid have it. And sure enough, they let me have it. And uh, off I went. That's kind of off to the races. So, well, you know, it wasn't a, wasn't a slam dunk, amazing, life-changing deal. But it did change the trajectory of my life just by, just by you know, getting that start. So it was a pretty interesting story. I remember it so vividly to this day. And I can remember like, you know, I was so nervous. I had cotton mouth and stuff. I couldn't talk, that kind of stuff. But um, <laughs> definitely, definitely turned out right at the end. So That's awesome. So 
when you say you sold it for five to six thousand, did you sell an interest in the property or the whole property? Was that how inexpensive the, the property, whole property was? So, yeah, the whole property. So a lot of what I was doing back then, they were very cheap properties. It really was the only thing I could afford. Um, you know, it, when you're at a tax sell off, you either you have to pay cash for the property, you know, or you get a private money ahead of time, that kind of stuff. Um, in some situations, you can use credit cards, credit card advances, and that's actually part of what I did. So I had very little money, scrounge everything up, and I bought the property cheap lot, um, kind of out in the out in the middle of a, uh, a rural area, and you know, kind of sold it and made a made a few grand, and off I went. Just kept scaling from there. Awesome. I'm sure that gave you a great amount of faith, confidence, and belief. Like, okay, it's possible. I can do it. So yeah, exactly, exactly. It was such a small amount of money that I actually made off of it, but it, it was something. You know, if, if I think I think if I would have made a hundred dollars, I would have said, yeah, this is possible. Like I see how it works, you know, but made a few grand, made it worth my time. And of course, you know, when you're 18, you make a few thousand dollars, you're like, wow, this is amazing. Right. But I um, mean, you know, obviously that money goes fast, but um, you know, eventually I started scaling from there in it. So. Well, it's a lot of money compared to minimum wage, which is what many 18 year olds have as an alternative. Exactly. So, Precisely. Yeah, it's great. Exactly. Cool. Well, why don't you tell us about like your most interesting deal? So one of the most interesting deals I have is actually kind of a, a set of deals. And a lot of people ask me about my most successful auction or this and that. And it's, it wasn't like a, an, I mean, I made quite a bit of money, but long story short, what happened was I went to an auction as an out-of-state auction. And there was a, the auction was both online and in person. So it's kind of a hybrid type auction you could bid. I happened to be in the area. So I went to the auction and the auctioneer, what he did, the way he worked it is the most popular properties he would sell first. There's like 300 properties. He didn't want everybody to have to wait around. So you would go and when registered, if you, you know, if five or six people circle one property, he would auction all these properties off. So what happened is about uh, three, four hours into the auction, when he had sold most of the popular properties, the, it was actually as a, at a hotel conference room. The hotel staff member came in and he whispered something to the auctioneer's assistant who went to the auctioneer and whispered something. They huddled outside and everybody's like, you know, this is weird, like what's going on? We're supposed to be selling properties and stuff. But by this time, a few people had left because most of the, you know, the, the very popular properties sold very early on. So what happened was the auctioneer came back and said, listen, um, I don't know what to do, but we're being kicked out of this auction room. Um, apparently there was a, a miscommunication somewhere between them. They got forced out of the auction room. So I started thinking, you know, they've got to sell these properties. I knew the law, you know, they had advertised the properties. They've done everything. It's going to cost them a lot of money to re-advertise them and whatnot. So I kind of hung around and I was like, you know, what's going on? And they're like, uh, you know, we don't know yet. So I heard the auctioneer tell the guy that was in charge of the online bids. He's like, we'll just go up the street and pull up somebody's Wi-Fi and we'll sell the properties online. I'm like, okay, so I get in my car, rush to the VRBO that I was staying at, open the computer and like nothing for like two hours. And I waited and I waited. And then eventually a property popped up. I'm like, this is interesting. So I placed a bid on it, nobody bid on it. And then the next property that I wanted, nobody bid on. Eventually the guy said, he typed my name out, Casey, what properties do you want? And I'll sell those to you. So he popped his properties up and he sold them to me and I got them all for the opening bid, which was $20 at that time. It was, you know, it was one of those deals, start low, keeps going high. Now these were like, you know, lots that weren't worth a whole lot. There's a couple of dilapidated homes, that kind of stuff. So there was 14 that I ended up buying for 20 bucks a piece. It's like a completely unreal story. And I've told it a number of times and people have questioned it and I've had like, you know, I'm like, here, here are all the deeds that say $20. Just, you know, obviously I was in the right place at the right time. That never, ever happens. That's happened to me once in 16 plus years, but um, you know, it was a, a stroke of luck, but very, a very interesting story for sure. That is so cool. I love it when people get rewarded for their 
effort and their perseverance. And that certainly happened in that case. That's really neat. Exactly. Right place, right time. Well, why don't you tell us about um, maybe a challenge or a difficult deal or situation that you've encountered? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm from Florida, born and raised here. I spent the, the you know, the first few years in the business in here. And I didn't really go out of the state until after the uh, recession, 2007, 2008, because I was looking for other opportunities. So when I first started going outside of the state of Florida, I invested in a northern state. Now in Florida, we don't get much snow, so I never think about snow. Also didn't think about city or county ordinances or anything like that. So I bought a lot in a particular city um, in October, and by November, December, it started snowing. Didn't bother me at all. You know, I figured, hey, snow melts, no big deal. So what happened was I got a letter from the city and they said, you need to clear your sidewalk. It's a city ordinance that you have to have your sidewalk cleared after snowfall within 48 hours or whatever it was. I was like, okay, whatever, no big deal. I'm not gonna go up there to shovel snow. I'm not gonna call somebody, I'm not gonna worry about it. About a week later, I got a citation. It was like $50 or something. I'm like, you know, 50 bucks, eh, you know, I'm many states away, not that big of a deal. Again, I don't really care about it. Kind of brush on the rug. I was kind of naive because it was the first time I'd really invested out of area. So the week later, I started getting a ticket every single day. And what happened was, I'm assuming, because I looked at the times on the ticket, the code inspector, on his way to work, he would drive by, write a ticket, drop in the mail. Write a ticket, drop in the mail. So long story short, by the time I started getting all these tickets, and you know what also happened, I became a habitual offender. So you know I was the person that didn't shovel the snow. You know I had like thousands and thousands of dollars in fines for a piece of property that was worth a few thousand bucks, like a very cheap property. So long story short, I had an attorney take care of it and stuff, but they had threatened jail time and all sorts of other crazy <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, this is unreal. Like it's shoveling snow, like never dawned on me. So that was a situation where I'm like, hey, if I'm gonna invest out of area, I need to take the time to at least learn their ordinances, be a responsible investor, be the person that you, you, know, that you need to be to successfully invest out of area and to do it in a responsible manner. So it taught me, it taught me a lot for sure, um, just by not shoveling snow. I mean, who would have thought of a Florida guy? definitely didn't think about it so <laughs> I wouldn't think about it either like when I it just like I can't imagine like I was so stressed out and surprised this year we had a lot of rain in Southern California this year compared to normal right. and we had construction slow down and stopping for that on our flips I'm like what the heck weather we live in California like I was so used right. to yeah. weather be an issue for years but then this year it was an. It was like definitely that's, an that's issue. It's not supposed to slow us down. It's not supposed to happen, but it does. And you figure out a way to would deal with it. It's, but it's, it's everything's a learning process, learning procedure. So you have to learn from it and account for it in the future. So that's a great question that new and learning people should ask in their areas if they can talk to other investors, or maybe they're on online forums or in groups on Facebook, whatever. Say, hey, what do I need to know about that is particular to this geographical area? So in Southern California, we have termites. Do you have termites in Florida? Yes, we do. We have, yeah. So Everywhere. it is common that we have a termite inspection required on every resale of a home. And then another thing is we have um, brush clearing requirements where the fire department will go because we have wildfires and right. maybe they're maybe they're even called wildfires when they're in populated areas. But <laughs> right. if you don't clear the brush, you get fined. And if they do it, they could charge you a lot for it. So wow, okay. that's another thing. If you don't pay attention to those citations or fines or warnings, you know, that can that can exactly, come yeah. back to bite you too. Exactly. So yeah. A lot of times you'll just, you know, people will just, they'll see them and sweep them right at the rug. Like it's no big deal, that kind of stuff. But you know, they don't forget about the ticket that they wrote a month or two ago. It doesn't just go away. And no matter how much, you, how silly you think it might be, it's going to come back eventually. So. 
Oh yeah, and I have called code enforcement officers in various municipalities. I've had it on rental homes, on flip homes, whatever, and I say, oh, hello, you know, this is Holly, I'm the owner, and I really want to be compliant. Can you tell me what I need to do or who you would recommend I get to, you know, solve whatever the problem is? Or sometimes it's just a ticked off neighbor. I'm like, oh my gosh, and they know it's a ticked off neighbor. <laughs> oh, the trash cans aren't far enough behind the fence. So oh, exactly, yeah. make friends with whoever you can. It's, it's much less expensive than paying the fines. So definitely, definitely. Exactly. It's definitely about being a responsible property owner. I mean, you, a lot of people get in the business to make money, but when you're doing that, you need to be responsible as well. Do the right thing. And I think that goes, goes a long way to, uh, to make that effort up front. What do I need to do to be responsible, to make the community a better place? So. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what your strategies are now for yourself as well? At, well, we'll start with that. So what are your investment strategies now? So investment strategy, I still do a lot of this stuff. When you're doing tax sell investing, a lot of people think, oh, he's a real estate investor. You know, it is the, the fancy flips, the, uh, the granite, all that good stuff. When you're a tax sell investor, usually it's the, the stuff at the very, very bottom. It's the stuff that somebody didn't pay the taxes on. And a lot of times they didn't pay the taxes on for a reason. So, you know, you have a lot of dilapidated homes, a lot of, uh, a lot of code enforcement issues, a lot of city leads and stuff like that, that you're always dealing with and always learning that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm still working on, I do a lot of homes, do a lot of vacant land too. Um, in Florida, you know, we have a lot of construction right now, so I invest a lot in vacant land. Um, if I if I know that it's in the path construction, I can resell it to a to a uh, developer, something like that. It's very very. There's a very easy flips that kind of thing. Um, and a lot of what I do, I don't do um, don't do so much remodeling. I do do some here and there, but a lot of it, I'll buy the property for one price, sell it quickly to an investor, let them take over the remodel side of it. And I kind of you know take the spread in the middle and kind of move on. That's kind of what I've done for. Um, really most of my career. I've done a lot of, done a lot of remodels and stuff, but I like to like to be the guy in the middle that buys it cheap and sells it to somebody else. So then there's a remodel, they can make some money. We all make some money, everybody wins. And I've really done, really kind of done that my entire career and just kind of kept on scaling it more and more every single year. So. Very interesting. And I think that is super smart. Um, Gary Keller, his book, The One Thing, talks about that. Like do what you're good at. You don't have to try and do everything. And it is hard to do lots of things well. So very, right, exactly. very smart of you to focus on your strength and just keep doing that. So along those lines, what is the average hold time of your properties, purchases, land holdings? And along with that, do you have any that you hold for many months or years? Um, typically, it's going to be very, very quickly. If I so I've, I've, you know, I've a buyer, in certain areas, I have buyer's lists where people will buy stuff, you know, if it's a lot in this area or a home in this area. And I've got a number of contacts that I've kind of built through marketing methods um, over the years. And if I find something in that area, I know I can buy it and sell it to them just in a matter of weeks. Um, and depending on how, if there's any title issues that they have to be cleared up, that kind of stuff. Obviously, when you get attorneys involved, it kind of drags stuff on for, you know, however long they take. But um, it def it's definitely, it's always less than six months. Um, some stuff I'll... You know, if it's a, I got a rental that I'll hold on to, stuff like that. But for the most part, I'm in the business of buying and selling stuff. So it's going to be very quickly. I mean, I've sold properties within a matter of days before. Typically, though, it's, you know, 30 to 60 days, somewhere along that ballpark. Um, and a lot of what I do, too, is, you know, I buy properties and I, I, I kind of cherry pick the properties that I buy. And I try to get them cheap enough where I can sell them cheap and below market. Again, make my money and move on. Um, I'm not the type of person to, to try to buy it up here and sell it way up here and leave it on the market forever. I would just rather, you know, Take a small piece of the pie, um, be happy, move on, let somebody else have the rest of the pie. So 
that's kind of my business model. That's really, that's what I've done for, for so long, but it's definitely a, a short-term uh, model. So Great. Well, that sounds super strategic, planned, and like it's really working for you. So tell us a little bit about how you teach and help others um, to get started in this. Yeah, absolutely. So 2011, late 2011, 2012, I was with a friend of mine and he has a uh, online aviation academy where he kind of teaches people how to fly online. And I was learning to fly at the time. He's like, listen, why don't you try to teach people what you do online? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It'll probably never work. So about the same time, I started teaching another friend of mine how to invest. And it was like a one-on-one -on -one type deal. Like, you know, we would go out and have lunch and we would talk about it. And he started investing. I'm like, well, if he can do it, maybe I can teach other people. So I started doing some videos and, um, you know, I started YouTube videos. And I look back, like, they're horrible, horrible YouTube <laughs> videos. I mean, the, the quality of them is bad. The, the content's good, but the quality's bad. And then, I, long story short, I started getting people like, hey, this is helpful. This is helpful. So I started making more and more and more. Eventually, I kind of launched an academy, uh, wrote a book uh, last year, that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's unreal how fulfilling it is. Like, I thought I loved tax sale investing, but it's, it's really so fulfilling when somebody emails you, hey, because of you, I did this, this, and this, or I made this, or what do you think about this? And then, you know, they take my suggestions and apply them. It's just, um, it's, it's really a, a phenomenal feeling to have somebody say, hey, thank you for allowing me to increase my income this year. Thank you for giving me suggestions or ideas that I've never thought of. Um, you know, and maybe, you know, I've got a lot of teachers in my family, so maybe it's like my teacher roots or something coming out, but it's a, uh, it's such a, uh, just a, a very fulfilling business that I've kind of started as a side business of tax sale investing. It's really kind of grown over the years um, since 2000 and early 2012, so. Cool. Well, with that, I'd like to lead into our free giveaway for the week listeners. So Casey is generously um, providing his getting started guide. So Casey, can you tell us uh, a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of people ask me like tax sale investing, that sounds great. I think I know a little bit about it, but what is it? Where do I start and that kind of stuff? So people are always like, you know, what's the first step? Um, so in the guide, it's a, basically it's a five-step guide. You know, tax sale investing, I guess, like really any business when you're on the outside looking in is, is a fairly easy business, right? You buy stuff here, you sell it here, you know, you make the money in between. But at the end of the day, there's a lot that goes into it. It's just a matter of figuring out the process and the steps and that kind of stuff. You know, in the academy itself, you know, we train people. We have hours and hours and hours on different topics and stuff. But this getting started guide is really five bullet points that will help you uh, get from the person that's just heard about tax on investing, tax liens and tax deans to actually taking that action, taking those steps to, um, to, to get going, to get started. You know, what do you do? Where do you start? Uh, what counties should you invest in? What type of uh, objectives should you have? Um, how do you get the list? That kind of stuff. It'll really point you in the right direction and kind of get you on your path. And again, it's a PDF download completely free to uh, your listeners. So. That's so nice. Thank you so much. So listeners, you can get that by going to hardhatholly.com forward slash 118 because we're episode 118 so hardhatholly.com forward slash 118 also if you prefer to text then you're just going to text the word words hard hat with no space in between hard hat to the number 38470 so text to 38470 hard hat and we will send that download right back to you and casey how do people learn more about you uh, I believe you have a podcast, so tell people what website they can go to find out more about you and what you offer and your podcast. Perfect. Absolutely. So my podcast, you can search us on really any podcasting network. Just type in Taxel Podcast. We'll be the pop-up. You'll see my smiling face over there waiting for you, and we've got quite a few episodes 
And uh, we started that back last summer and we launched a couple episodes every week and we have a short one and a longer one. Um, so the podcast is a great resource. We also have a lot of videos on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, type in Taxel Academy. We have 500 plus videos on YouTube about all sorts of subjects. If you want the most detailed stuff, you can go to taxcellacademy.com. I've um, got kind of two things for you there. Number one, I've got uh, this book here. It's Taxcell Playbook. The book is free if you just cover shipping costs to get it from our warehouse to your front door. Basically, you help us cover the shipping costs. Um, that's going to be another great resource. So if you are if you like what you see on the free downloadable PDF from Holly, that's going to be the next resource probably for five bucks shipping. Um, and then after that, if you want the most detailed information, you know, the live workshops, all that good stuff, you can consider joining the academy. I'm by no means the type of salesperson to push anything. So if you like the way I teach that kind of stuff, the academy is going to be a great place for you. Otherwise, we have so much information out there. I think we have got probably the most uh, free tax sell training information out there compared to anybody else. So take a look at it, see what you think. And uh, by, by all means, shoot us an email if you have any questions whatsoever. So. Fantastic. And I forgot to ask you this earlier, but can you do this anywhere in the United States? You can, you can, absolutely. Every, every state's just a little bit different. There's tax liens, which basically you are paying the tax bill for somebody else to earn interest. And if they don't pay you back, you can claim the property. Then you have tax deeds where you're actually buying property that had previously not had the taxes paid. So you do it in every single state, just a little bit different. In every state, even if it's a two tax lien states, they're going to be just a little bit different. So it's very important to uh, take the time to research your laws. Um, and again, the, uh, the download PDF will shoot you to the county's website, make some suggestions on doing that and determining what's best for you. So, Fantastic. Okay, that's super helpful. Well, we really appreciate you taking all your time today to tell us some inspiring stories about how people can make money doing this. And it sounds like it's something they can do on the side in addition to a full-time job, right? Yes, absolutely. I've got a lot of students right now that do it kind of kind of in the evenings, that kind of stuff. You can bid online nowadays. I mean, technology makes stuff uh, so convenient for all of us, but it's definitely something you do part-time. Yeah, great, great opportunity for someone to do that um, has only part-time, not full-time available, which what is what most real estate investors or interested in learning real estate investors have is that part-time ability. So yeah, guys, absolutely. don't quit your job until, <laughs> until you have replaced your income and you're very comfortable with that. So with that, um, I'd love, as we sign off here, what parting words of advice do you have to somebody who is interested in going down this path or learning more about it? Absolutely. I would say, um, as far as my, my number one advice that I give everybody is be patient. There's a lot of people, um, and it's not earth-shattering stuff. It's not anything crazy. But if you're a patient and you continually push forward just a little bit every day, you have that momentum going nonstop, you'll eventually see success. It's Usually, it's not going to come on your timeline. I mean, it's going to take time to, to find the right deal, to be in the right spot at the right time. Um, you know, real estate investing, tax investing, investing, business in general, you, know, you can't be an overnight success. So, But in that meantime, while you're waiting for that success to come, keep learning, keep pushing forward, um, keep trying, don't give up on it. Um, you know, it's not going to come in a week or two, that's for sure. Be patient. And uh, if you're patient, it will be paid. You know, your patience will be rewarded in the long run. I love it. Patience, perseverance, common theme that people hear on this Absolutely. podcast and to take action, take action every day if you can and be consistent. So with that, Absolutely. thank you so much for being here, Casey. We appreciate you and listeners get out there, take some action, take action every day if you can and grow your wealth through that. Thanks for Absolutely. listening. Thanks, Holly. Thanks for listening today. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our show. And let us know in your review what you'd like to hear more of. For the show notes and free downloads for this episode and all others, go to hardhatholly.com.